because like half of that movie just has like the most ham-fisted Iraq war analogies in it. Uh, Miguel, if you're listening to this right now, you've just been hearing Cole Sperg out about George Lucas donating a million dollars to build the MLK monument. <laughs> I love black people. <laughs> I think they're the real Jedi. They they have the force. Yeah, George Lucas gets the pass. <laughs> Nicole said it, not me. Uh-oh, my. You literally just said it. I'm literally tweeting uh, out what not... you just said. You told me to tweet it out. I'm I'm allowed to say it. You said uh, <laughs> George Lucas gets the <laughs> You said George Lucas gets the N-word pass for donating at least a million dollars to build the MLK memorial in Washington, DC. Keep riffing. Stu, keep riffing. This is actually a great this is actually a great cold open bit. Hey, you, you threw off my groove. George, George Lucas asking for reparations or bowing in a kente cloth. No, he's too cool. That's the thing. He's like too <laughs> cool for that. You know, I'm, I'm always like, giving my money to black women in divorces. He's only been married to one black woman though, which is crazy. <laughs> that's the, that's the really funny thing is he got, he got married to a white woman for like 10 years and then was single up until 2013. And then was like back to the old me. He had dated a bunch. He had been seen with a bunch of black women, though. But, yeah, he's only been married to one of them. He's so cool, man. That's the <laughs> thing is, like, so many, like... I've, I've been those... cream in the middle of the Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> so many of those, like, type of directors are, like, the only time it has ever been cool to be, like, a nerdy white guy that is exclusively into black women. Like, if you do that, like, like if you do that now, you look like AOC's boyfriend, you know? You look, <laughs> you look like that, dude. But, like, back then, it's like, yeah, we're going to make Star Wars, and then we're going to, like, go to the hood and celebrate. Uh, well, if you're just tuning in, uh, you guessed it. We're talking about Star Wars again on this episode of Marvelous, or the Death of Cinema. I, Hi, it's me. So I just want to preface this episode. You know, we're talking about The Last Jedi, and there's a lot of very sensitive... Uh, loaded discourses, so, some real um, strong emotions related to this film. But I just, you know, I just, just want to make my position clear uh, uh, from the start. Uh, women don't belong in Star Wars. Ooh. Yeah, I agree. Get them out of here. We don't need them. Get them out of here. Get them out of here. It's for the fellas. All right. I'm going to head out then. I watched uh, the 4K remaster of the original cut of Star Wars. Carrie Fisher is so effervescent in film. She looks gorgeous. Like, she, she like, I, I actually, I get pissed. still mourn her to this day. Some, like, like she's, she's a lot of, like, 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 beauty marks on her face. And I, I never noticed this, but I think in the blue, recent Blu-ray release, they edited out some of her beauty marks. And it's like, no, no, that's the, that's the cool thing. That's the cool thing about Carrie Fisher is she's like the hottest woman alive and also looks like the nicest preschool teacher of all time. (laughs) You know, that's like the sweetest way to describe her. Oh my God. She's she's um, so hot. The thing you have to understand about 
the the Star Wars universe is in with the technology of the old Republic skin care. There's very good skin care, and it uh, it violated continuity. It violated the world I was trying to create. But we didn't have the technology at the time in 1976. To 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 give everyone the skin they were supposed to have in in the galaxy far far away. He's a, he's a visionary, because it takes a visionary to stick with something that fails for many years, but he sees the end result and he works his way to it. Actually, uh, 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 the the most the most recent Blu-ray wasn't supervised by Lucas. The 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 most the the most recent Blu-ray wasn't wasn't done by Lucas. You have to you have to do a Kevin Feige, Bob Iger voice. What those guys sound like? I'm guessing sort of like Microsoft Sam. Uh, they they sound they sound like uh, everything must be smooth. Hello, <laughs> hello. My name is is Herr, My name is Herr Kevin Feige. I love making the Marvel movies. I hate. Z- <laughs> Yeah, I was trying that to do a Hitler. Sounds Can like you're Miguel cut that. Voice. No, no, Hitler's got that like. Uh... Well, speaking of speaking of Hitler, top of the hour. Um, before we dive full into the fucking last he Jedi, killed himself. Let's, uh, let's do some quick hits on the news. Who he actually uh, Hitler. Yeah, well, yeah, just, yeah, but you know who should also news. kill themselves. Breaking you know who should news. also kill. You know who should also kill themselves. <laughs> David Zaslav, who's current, who just got his ass booed to shit at the BU commencement. To be fair, they were booing <laughs> Boston University. Fucking being like, yeah, we're gonna have the most hated man on earth give our commencement s- speech in the middle of the WGA strike. They just they they don't like that he took uh, Boston boy Ben Affleck out of the DCU. <laughs> we had they're, a Boston Batman and you killed him. <laughs> they're really mad that he he seventeen the people died on that day. They're really for mad a Boston the- Batman. They're really mad he scrapped the Batgirl movie because uh, they needed a new black woman to yell out collectively. <laughs> Speaking of which, I will be in Boston by the time this. Actually, no, I won't. Uh, not by the time this episode comes out. But I will. I will be. I will be doing. I will be in in Marvelous Boston to be. I, I need to train my racism. I'm gonna be like wearing like the training outfit that Goku wears, and I'm gonna be you, like. You are visiting me, or you're. Yeah, my, I'm gonna be I'm, going I'm to the you. street where where Mark Wahlberg clawed that eye and it's, that it's, guy's this eye is out. My hair is gonna be turning blonde, yeah, and I'm gonna be glowing level. and flying around <laughs> like Goku. Boston is the is the hyperbolic time chamber of racism. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, speaking of racism, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny stinks. Well, I mean, I think that was a given. Uh, Kansas. I don't know why. How I was. I don't know. I was making. I, I was trying to make the the wheelbarrow off of the Hitler comment. That movie does feature a Nazi villain. Uh, Star of Death Stranding, Mads Mikkelsen plays, I believe his character is revealed to be like the son of the Nazi scientist from, uh, from the Man, first I, movie. Why they always got to do that shit? Every, oh, somebody's always got to be somebody's With the creepy looking one? Yeah, the creepy Bullshit. looking one. I, I don't know. I remember reading oh, a leaked that- script, uh, on 4chan. And from what I understand, the time travel element of the film is true. Spoilers for a bad movie that isn't out yet. But I, from what I understand, the movie centers around like them time traveling to 
uh, Indiana Jones time traveling to stop a Nazi and then accidentally erasing himself from time. And then the girl boss character goes back in time to restore the timeline, but she, she, she becomes Indiana Jones. She's like the new Indiana Jones. This is my fight song. That's Fleabag, right? I don't know. I don't. Phoebe Waller Bridges. Yeah, yeah. Phoebe Phoebe like, Bridges. Like a rich, Phoebe Bridges. Is that the? That is that the? Is that the? Like stupid as. I mean, I don't mind the, if they make the Indiana singer? Jones into a girl yeah. as long as she's still a pedophile. Miguel, insert a bedumptus after that. Insert an interview clip from James Gunn. All right. Well, anyways, just to cap that off, we're all pro WGA strike. I think everybody should go on strike as well. Like everybody, everybody who can strike, you should go on strike. Everybody should go on strike uh, except us. I will be going on strike from the podcast. No, we we're here to talk to the last Jedi uh, for you guys today, so we can't strike. So. Uh, Quick hits. Let's let's do a roundtable on uh, what we thought when or, we saw oh, this. Yeah, yeah or, or our history with it, and then what we thought because we all we all did the the group watch again. Yeah, together. we're gonna be speeding um, through the summary part uh, to get to the discourse part. So uh, get strap we're, yourself. We're gonna be in. talking about talking about talking about movies. We are. Yeah, because at this point, we we all recognize that like. Just talking about the last Jedi is beating a long dead horse to death. But beat that. So horse. we're we're gonna try to do a more of an a uh, uh, comb through of like the stupid discourse. Yeah. This, this movie it, made but, people um, insane. And this people made this. this it's such a made middling insane. movie um, for for what it did to people's brains. <laughs> I saw this movie, I guess, I guess to start us off. Yeah. I first saw this movie, I think opening day with a friend of mine, uh, when I think it was my junior or senior year of high school, I'd have to, I think it was my junior year. Uh, and I remember driving to the theater and we were listening to the, uh, the third album in Brockhampton saturation trilogy. And honestly, if you asked me what would cause more scandal on the internet, the last Jedi or Brock Hampton, I would honestly be very surprised to find out it was the star Wars movie. And a name is Brock Hampton. You just sound old. Which was the style at the time. In- Miguel's going to insert the grandpa Simpson right there. <laughs> you uh, that's a, uh, I'm not what, what kind of name is I'm- fallout boy. <laughs> Well, it's, well, a, it's, it's a reference a to uh, Radioactive Man's sidekick. Is it really? The, the fictional yeah. comic book character from The Simpsons. Yeah. 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 As as someone who got their start on the follow-up boy message boards, I can confirm. I oh, had, man, I I, you see, I had no idea that. because uh, I wasn't a follow-up boy person. I just needed like a, you're, a, you're a band. I, I, I really didn't like the whole um, emo pop trend i thought all those guys sang through their noses they all sang like this well no, no not, not with the vibrato but like they all kind of like sang through their noses and and um i hated it they all sounded whiny and the i only, wanted they, they all needed to be shoved into lockers every single one of the them. the only one way. that i um, know 
Okay, I will Mikey, brook no My Chemical Romance slander. We are, we are going very off I will topic brook right no now. My Chemical Romance slander on this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, no. Absolutely no My Chemical Romance slander. You can, you can. Any, anything bad. I don't actually have anything against them now. Gerard Way was just you the can, only one whose name I could think of. You can dog walk <laughs> Fallout Boy all you want. They, 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 they've dropped nothing but dog shit their entire career. Whoa, Especially whoa, whoa. Now. Absolutely remember the, not. Remember the high, high hopes? Remember the that was the that was panic. That wasn't disco. Fallout Boy. That's Panic at the Disco. You old head. Oh right, yeah, those are different things. But uh, my chem my Chemical Romance my Chemical Romance is goaded, and they're boys with Grant Morrison. So uh, I'm gonna have to fuck yeah. with them. All right. Well, well, Cole. Uh, okay, no, you gave uh, yeah. Stu. Since you want to flap your gums, tell us about <laughs> your first encounter with. <laughs> I don't my know. gums are I'm tight. Sorry, and that was polished. very mean. Um. Uh, I'm sorry. Look, so um, this movie came out and I watched uh, an extremely legitimate copy of it. uh, And I thought it was like fine. I thought it was like had some kind of sort of interesting ideas. I thought, well, maybe on this trajectory, by the third one, they'll do something kind of interesting. And they didn't. And now this movie just kind of floats in a void where whatever potential it had uh, to be cool is just sort of nullified. And so it's just kind of like a Frankenstein's monster that lurches off the table and then crumples onto the floor and dies. Uh. Uh, Well, I I did not write an award-winning essay on this movie. Um, So we're not going to be doing any Maoist self-criticism this time around, um, although we we do have a third co-host, we're doing some moist. Now, which I don't think we we I think we we didn't. Yeah, that was the we did the Force Awakens, and that was the last episode we did before we officially brought Cole on, with the exception of the Mummy patron. Um, but I I saw Last Jedi also opening day. Um, I saw it in like a packed. Th- packed theater at the AMC in Boston common, which is where I've seen like most movies. Um, and it played incredibly well to the audience due to all the fucking hype. Um, I didn't like it as much as the force awakens, but, um, I, I did you, like you, it when I saw You saw, it. um, uh, Adam driver's wide bare, uh, torso and the poor He's fucking so usher wide. at the Megaplex had to re-upholster the seat after. Cold would have killed oh, me man. having a someone brought up, their but... someone brought their dog to Guardians of the Galaxy today. <laughs> oh my god, they're pitbull. Oh, someone brought the like I swear to God, if I, 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 I don't clean Sunday night, I go I go home because we don't have a show on Monday. Uh but if I have to go in tomorrow and there's dog shit on the floor, I'm quitting. Like I assume because it's a service dog and you're like an adult, you probably I I think I saw the guy like go outside to walk the dog, but if there is if there is dog shit on the floor, I'm hanging myself from the balcony. Uh any anyways, the last time I saw The Last Jedi was maybe like 3 or 4 years ago at my best friend's house on like Thanksgiving or Easter? Maybe Easter? Um and I it also it didn't hold up as well and same here except like in the post sort of post nut clarity 
of revisiting the force awakens. (laughs) Like this is how you could describe it. Um, yeah, this is, it's like, there are parts of it that are like, I found certainly entertaining. Like, you know, this is like, you know, if someone has this on, I'll like sit down and maybe watch a few scenes. But like, so I, I, I liked it more than either of you. I can guess. It's, can it's, gather. This and Force Awakens are both, they're, they're both more watchable than most Marvel movies. They're a little bit better looking, but they, they, they have basically the same problem. Yeah, it's my, my overall take is that like, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff in there that's like pretty bad. Actually, like two of the B plots do not work. I'm referring, of course, to the Finn, Finn and Rose going to the casino planet B plot and the whole B plot with Poe Dameron and and Laura Dern. Dern. That's just like hashtag microaggressions, girl boss. The the obey women. Um, obey women. (laughs) But like, there are a couple things I genuinely do like and do think work pretty well, and I do appreciate that it it's trying to do something different. Definitely like compared to like the other movies in it's, this new trilogy. Yeah. It, it earns points from me for like taking a swing at something greater and doing like something, dare I say, like, you know, quote unquote subversive with the material. But, you know, this isn't like it, it's this is no attack of the clones. <laughs> and anyways, we'll do you want to do we want to give like do we even want to bother giving like a brief overview of what happens if you haven't seen this movie i am uh turn the episode off right now go home <laughs> to tell your family that you love them uh if you haven't congratulations you've just been drafted in the next battle of the discourse war grab your gun fucking we're going to the jungle baby uh, also i forgot to give my take on this movie i hate it it's bad it's like you, you, yeah, you it's, hated it's, it. It's like ten percent because you spent most of the you spent most of the time talking to Sue about the prequels. You were like chattering <laughs> yeah. like a couple of fucking heads uh, during the screening. Yeah, I, I will say, Ryan Johnson doesn't deserve half the shit that he gets for this movie. This movie had like eighty-seven fucking directors and like eighty-seven yeah. fucking writers. So even a- anything anything that he's yeah, trying to he's subvert the only one that has credits but i mean yeah i figure being a big disney franchise I, there's like <laughs> there's like a billion like reshoot directors because i think they they like added more snoke stuff and i think all the like dis- the gambling planet was added in as well um uh, that would explain a lot too because like there's the like there's like 30 minutes of this fun. movie that he didn't write uh and so I, I, I forgive Ryan. I forgive Ryan Johnson for, uh, f- for making this movie. He didn't know what he was signing up for. Um, he, he seems perfectly fine as a human being. I haven't seen any of his other movies. I don't plan on ever I, watching any of his other. I, movies. I like Brick. Uh, I remember liking Looper. Okay, but I haven't seen it since it came out. You know, he, he has a movie he, about he, actually. He, he did some good uh, Nicole delete or, uh, uh, Miguel delete everything I just said. I've never seen the glass onion movies. Uh, Knives out. Just, like even yeah. when you watch like something like brick or looper, you always feel like he's like he, uh, trying to be like a little too cute, a little too smart. Um, like too just trying yeah. too hard to be clever. And that he is really, someone who uh, undercuts this movie. I think 
Uh, he is someone who by his own admission is like a video essay guy. Like he loves to like, like I think he follows like Lindsay Ellis and like ContraPoints. And he's got the soy guy physiognomy. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Any, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think he's, he's like a wide headed. He's probably finger, fine. I don't right? know. But like, he's, uh, he's, 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 you know, I think he's like a real, like he's a guy who wants to make real movies and is not without talent. Yeah. And yeah. Just, as far as I know, there's nothing really objectionable about him as a guy, aside from maybe just being a little annoying in a certain kind of nerd way. He, he is a movie guy. He is a movie guy. Like I, uh, there wasn't any, as far as my research, like proved, um, there wasn't any like serious production drama in the making of this movie, but like, he's like a serious movie guy. He like got his like writer's team to watch like a bunch of like old westerns and classic war films like uh uh he name dropped like bridge on the river Kauai, uh three outlies oh, samurai sahara like a bunch of shit you would like get in the criterion closet as like things he made his writing group watch like while they were writing this movie which was happening while the force awakens was like in production so we'll we'll probably touch upon like the clusterfuck that was the making of this new trilogy they always do that though with these movies they always say like oh man we we like watched and studied and are paying homage to all these like classic old movies yeah and it's, like it never amounts to anything <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't it you know does, what and it doesn't although, come you know what all trilogy of sci-fi films actually two trilogies of sci-fi films do successfully pay homage to the rich history of genre fiction and that's the uh the first two star wars trilogies which are which are great <laughs> i guess like at least one of the, I, I will one of the things you're going to suggest are going to be the prequel trilogies so this uh listeners keep in keep in mind be... that that cole is a uh, prequel pilled uh, me and Stu are not a, a disciple of Super Mecha Godzilla, who's who's. I don't know. Uh, I don't perverse know intellectual is. legacy haunted. <laughs> um, I don't know who that is. I just I I I feel a I really feel a deep connection to George Lucas. Uh I I, I love the guy. What can I say? <laughs> I really do. He's he's a great guy. He really. I would love to meet him one day, Uncle George. Uh Uncle George. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to go to a mall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he like hangs out in like mall food court. So you uh, might run yeah. into him. <laughs> I'm going to go to a mall and we'll hang out and get some Panda Express. We have similar. I actually, that was one thing about that picture of him eating Panda Express that I love is that like, that's the same order I would get if I get like Chinese fast food. <laughs> he got, he got like the, like, like, you know, little low main. I think he had like a little 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 orange chicken and then a side thing of rice. I think yeah, you, there, which is. Do you want to come back to the ranch and watch some anime, some some Japan anime? Oh, dude, you know you know his like a DVD library goes nuts. There's like he he must watch anime. Like there's there's oh there's there's, no there's so many it, Ghost right? in the Shell references in uh, episode two. There's like <laughs> literally literally the chase scene in like the speeder bike chase Doctor live Doctor Han reaction. The, the chase scene in uh in episode two is like basically has the opening dive of Ghost in the Shell in the movie. I um I um, think Richko is best girl. I I know that's a controversial opinion. I think he might have financed I feel some very anime as well. Passionate about that. 
I know he financed. Well, he financed uh, Mishima, so he's goaded for that at the very least. Yeah, no, he's 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 forgiven of all sins for for financing Mishima. He financed is... like all of Akira Kurosawa's last films. Dreams, yeah, yeah, which I need yeah. to finish watching. Um, G- genuinely, if you don't like George Lucas as a person, it's over for you. He is the he's the like that whole American zoetrope crowd, like minus Peter Bogdanovich, is like the chillest dudes of all time. The the plot is really convoluted and a lot of it doesn't really go anywhere because the whole thing needs to, the whole movie needs to wrap back around to a point where the next movie can just do whatever it's doing. So nothing can have any consequence outside itself. Yeah. So we're, we're, you could, you could actually like, if you're actually to watch these three movies in order, I feel like you could just, yeah. The last Jedi out. We're more interested, as we said at the top of the hour, Stu, you're going to get, Discourse. You're cutting off Nicole. You're doing. You're. You're be. You're. Yeah. You're. You're gonna get. Jim's not gonna appreciate that. You're. Look, shout out to Jim. Hi, Jim. Shout out to Jim. Hi, Jim. But uh, you're. You're. You're being. You're on your Joss. Shout Whedon out shit. to Jim. I'm making a metatextual point about this. This movie's um, <laughs> superficial approach to feminism. Uh. I mean, you're. You're right. You're right, but you're talking over the woman. Okay, while you're let's doing well, let's let's go from That's, there. That is the metatextual point. <laughs> well, let's let's. That go is the metatextual because point because you're you're specifically you're very specifically. That is the metatextual to, point. Let's, let's go by like because I I spend at least collectively two hours putting these notes together. So I didn't read them. You know we should appreciate. Shout out that. to shout out to Nicole for spending but, um, like eight hours on the. On the show, yeah, notes. For, that was for doing uh, the most research. Um, a friend, friend of the show, Nicole. Um, but you're specifically talking about Poe Dameron's B plot. Yeah, I'm, I'm specifically talking <laughs> um, about Poe Dameron's B plot. Okay, I'm going to stop. Okay, it's, undermines Leia's orders. <laughs> no, yeah, um, Miguel, I need you to kill Stu. Hey, Stu. Yeah, so she like, yeah, she gets, <laughs> we gotta, yeah, no, actually, out, in, like, just like a fleet I'm gonna, of gunshots. I'm gonna speak over Nicole, uh, uh, edit, edit in the, edit in the, you should kill yourself now, <laughs> clip, every time, every time Stu talks, but only during this bit, don't do it for the whole episode, but if you do, if you do edit into the whole episode, uh, we'll give you all the money in the Patreon. You're gonna deal. Okay, that. Your life is nothing. You serve zero purpose. You should kill yourself now. Yeah. So, so the the yeah. Like I know you got the Vanity Fair or the Insane Vanity Fair article open for you, but like basically, Laura Dern's whole subplot. <laughs> down to like <laughs> to like her having her pronouns dyed hair yeah. and and workplace microaggressions it's a it's a ham-fisted criticism of how like men undermine strong yeah yeah poe dameron mansplains you serve zero purpose you should kill yourself now and doesn't do what he's told by a powerful woman and people die um even though the whole problem could have been avoided if the powerful woman just like trusted her most loyal guy and was just like, here's the plan. 
So don't do anything stupid. Like, like if she told him the plan and he did something stupid anyway, that would make more sense, but it just, it rests on that. But it's the problem we have with all the, like the Marvel movies where like the, the heroic characters can never be not heroic enough. So like Poe has to do the microaggression, but he still also has to be a good guy. So there has to be this contrived misunderstanding so that everyone kind of has um, uh, plausible deniability. You should kill yourself now. Uh, Miguel, my aud- my Wi-Fi just sh- shitted out. So uh, please edit out any. Oh, we didn't hear anything. So it should be fine. See, even I did a reverse sexism. Even the internet is telling us not to listen to women. <laughs> um, yeah, that 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 Holdo plot is like the one thing I will I will give to like the guys that like set their action figures on fire because of how bad this movie was. Uh, it doesn't. It's, it doesn't it's not, do it's not her fault, in any though. favor. Like, it is so undeserving of Laura Dern's presence she, in the movie. She showed up. She showed up. She got it's a bag. It's not her fault I at all. Like she's Laura fucking hate on that, But like whoever whoever wrote that scene in particular should be like thrown into the sun. Uh, Ryan Johnson. That was a Ryan. Ryan Johnson kind of feels like he's on like a similar. He's like not evil Joss Whedon. Yeah, yeah. actually, that kind of checks like out. Yeah, like, like 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 if we never found out what kind of guy Joss Whedon was like uh, in private, um, there there is they're kind of on a similar wavelength. Ryan Johnson is like Joss Whedon for people who think they're like, you know, Joss Whedon is is obviously problematic and too like juvenile. I don't know because he's like like he's basically like like the whole like class criticism of those like knives out movies. I haven't seen the second one but and I texted throughout the first one. Something I'll give Ryan Johnson credit for is even though we just spent the last 2 minutes comparing him to Joss Whedon, he is like 10 million times more principled than Joss Whedon cuz even when Joss Whedon was doing like Buffy and Firefly and shit, there was always a very like uh, like skeevy male sexuality about about some of the female characters, and it was always played off as like, okay, well, this guy is like is woke, you know, he's uh, he's a male feminist, he understands women, and to his credit, Ryan Johnson never does that. Like, it fucking, like you, it, you, if your dick twitches at any point during this movie, and you're attracted solely to women. Uh, I would I, I would have concerns for you because there's not an ounce of sexuality in this movie, good, bad, or otherwise. Uh, there's a I would say there's like a there, there's a little ounce. bit for Hilo Ren, Kylo Ren. There is yeah, a little bit. That's yeah. about it. There well, you're you're both wrong because if there was you know, why else were so many like fucking fem cell girls creaming their pants over this movie? Other than the fucking Kylo, of Kylo Ren, Ren. Ray shit. yeah, that's that. But there's no, the there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no male gaze in any. I mean, I hate the term male gaze, but there is no. Uh, do you remember that one shot? What shot? <laughs> the male, no, we're male gaze. There's nothing for straight guys. Oh, here is what we're saying. D- d- <laughs> no, there's no, 
the uh, the one gratu- the, the the inexplicable shot of just Adam Driver looking wide as a refrigerator with yeah. his pants. Yeah, yeah, but we're, we're talking if, about if, jo- if like if Josh the- Whedon directed this movie, there would be a scene where like Ray has to figure out how to use a push up bra. Like there would be. <laughs> No, there would be a scene, a prolonged scene, just like looking at her feet. Yeah, yeah no, that's Tarantino. Guy. No, no, Joss Whedon's a foot guy too. There, you can see it in Joss uh, Whedon is absolutely a foot in, guy. Um, uh, Ryan Johnson also kind of strikes me as a foot guy though. Like if he has like a foot guy physiognomy, physiognomy, um, physiognomy. You do that thing that bitch. that both me and George Lucas do, where we'll we'll like. We'll 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 mis mispronounce words that we know. There's a great. I'll have to find the interview, but there's like a compilation that my friend made of George Lucas just mispronouncing words that he invented. Like he mispron he calls him like the Jedi, and like he calls Hoth like Hoth, which is an autism thing. It's like a form of aphasia where you never like it's like you should have gotten speech therapy as as a kid but you either like didn't have access to it or like never got it uh which george lucas like a thousand percent on the spectrum it's it's like history it rims <laughs> he, he is a neurodivergent king you know he's 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 clearly autistic yeah he's 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 uh i love him Stu, do we have any quick hits from that Vanity Fair? Oh yeah, the Vanity article? Fair. Yeah, let's 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 dig our let's do a little bit of a reading series on. We've got. I mean, so here's the thing. Um, if you do a Google search of the Last Jedi plus feminism, even if you don't filter for just around when the movie came out, you will just get article after article after article of just inane bullshit coming from people pretending they watched a completely different movie. We could, we could do this. We could do 80 hours of shit on this and not even scratch the surface. Um, so we're going to just try and pull what I think are kind of like some, like, like, I don't want to do the thing where we just find the most outrageous opinion some rando had. So really, this this is stuff that was in like major, uh, major websites, major magazines, stuff, Mm -hmm. stuff that people were paying attention to and, and was kind of, uh, reflective of of something and and Um, i should i should say this i should preface this this is a movie that we all agree is like a bad like like borderline unwatchable to just kind of meh i know i mean i don't i I know i'm i'm I'm, I'm putting the whole range in you know like i'm it's i'm at the not deserving of any of the discourse i'm saying it's unwatchable feeling and then like nicole has like the most positive feelings of this and you still just think it's okay Yes, yeah. basically. Like this is this is a movie that has probably I would think more. It, it, it probably rivals the amount of think pieces people write about, like the Bible. Like <laughs> for real, this, this movie has been out for uh, well, well, at over seven, a decade. No, over seven, half a decade. seven years. Yeah, seven, almost eight years. And no, not eight years, like six. It came out end of, end of twenty sixteen, which was seven years ago. Right or six years ago? Okay, whatever. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's been not eight. It's been out for like a it's been a while. Load. It's been out for a while. Yeah, and none of us can do math, but fucking, this is not a movie that deserves this volume of think pieces. This is not a movie that you that should have like inspired basically like a fandom civil war between like soy guys that buy Star Wars T-shirts and uh 
vote for like John McCain and soy guys that like buy Marvel t-shirts and vote for Barack Obama. Like this, this movie, honestly, if you told me that there was like a shooting war in like some sort of third block, third, third world, like country over this movie, I would believe you like (laughs) the amount of, the amount of vitriol that this movie has produced is insane to something that uh, of the degree of just like a, a mediocre, corporate product that is like outside of a few pieces of better visual directing is virtually like aesthetically identical to the force awakens. It's well, here's the thing, I guess I want to, I want to hit my thesis before we go on. Um, Yeah. I I, I do want to name check the, the writer insane vanity fair article. The, um, I think that over the course of the 2010s, especially after Trump got into office and and liberals kind of found political importance in every like dumb fucking entertainment and consumer choice they made. Actually, not just liberals, uh, really. Um, uh, anyone, anyone to the left of like of like well, no, well, uh, right wingers, like Dick Cheney did the same thing too. But like yeah. liberals found it like particularly important to like. We're going to stick it to Trump by like watching a movie um, or making a movie that tells the audience how important it is to listen to women because that that's how culture works. People watch a movie and go, oh, yeah, I should have voted for Hillary Clinton after all. Um, but I think that's what true. I think I, happens I here is, is when I saw the last TV, TV, I think it started with like cult TV writers, like the people that made Sherlock uh, and, and that kind of thing kind of like got really good at this, um, which is engaging with fandom, reading fan shit online, and then exploiting it and toying with it to provoke reactions and build hype and larger companies and bigger products into the two thousands learned how to do this and dovetailed that with, which is something Hollywood's always done to varying degrees, but in kind of a specific way more recently, which is gesturing at social issues um, in a kind of vague way. But the, the way they really do this now uh, is, is, is kind of outside the movie itself is you kind of astroturf all this shit about how like fucking and you in the movie, it'll be in the most superficial way possible. But you layer in all these think pieces, all these Vanity Fair, BuzzFeed, GQ, just on and on and on. Um things about how this movie is so feminist and it's so inclusive and it's, it's so this or that or, or, or queer or whatever. And, and you, you create an expectation in the audience to see it where it's not there. You, you, um, do, do you know what backmasking is? Sue, we have explained that. Oh, have we, have I used that analogy podcast? already? I, know, I don't I know, know what that you is. don't listen to the podcast. I've, I've used that analogy That's already. That's why I listen okay. to it. I don't know so what I can keep the continuity is. of okay, this um, Okay, well, explain back masking to the, to the is baby. when you uh, record something uh, back, when you, when you like, rec- <laughs> when you play a recording backwards. <laughs> so like, you, you know, you'll, you'll like where people would say like, oh, if you play uh, Stairway to Heaven backwards, there's a satanic message. Mm-hmm. Which is real. <laughs> well, it's it's one of those things I know. There's some some of them are if, real. If, if, I'm like sorry, dude. Jokes. If you play, where else would the stairway go backwards? <laughs> Explain that. Where else would the <laughs> escalator to hell now temporarily stairs? Um. So, 
when you when you have one of those things where someone's like, there's a satanic message in this song, you like hear the song backwards, it sounds like gibberish, then you read what's supposed to be there, and then your brain sees it. Or like if someone tells you that cloud looks like a dragon, you'll you'll see the dragon when you didn't before you were primed to see it. And these articles work the same way. They they prime you to see all of this shit in a movie that's not really there, to to take a reflective shallow pool and trick you into thinking that it's it's deep. Um or has a specific content or character. And they combine that with using the same technique to provoke fandom and anti-fandom simultaneously. Like all of those guys that yelled at Kelly Marie Tran online that flipped out about there being a black guy or a woman in their Star Wars or, or what the fuck ever are all, whether or not they realize it, part of the marketing process. Because those guys existing... And every fucking media outlet going way out of their way to take anything they say or any awful thing they say or do and make everyone pay attention to it. Because in, in, in real world context, these guys aren't important or that significant in number and get a ton of other people mad at them and therefore emotionally and quasi politically invested in watching and supporting and hyping up a movie and getting more emotionally invested in it than they otherwise would be that fandom, anti-fandom or, or different factions of a fandom Raylo, all, all those people fighting and arguing with each other about this movie just gets them more and more invested in it and gets more and more social media impressions. And it's, it's like a, a process yes. of like yeah. conquering and colonizing your psychic space, which was the style at the time. You should kill yourself now. And the thing I want to point out, and this this will lead us back into this this Vanity Fair article you you found, is like, and I'm speaking here as someone who is a film critic, like Hashtag film critics critic. are completely complicit in this shit. Like, you know what? Just the yes, it's the it's like your Disney and your your Warner Brothers that are certainly like taking advantage of it but it's like the critics and the people who write these think pieces and these like articles like the new york times or like vulture or vanity fair are giving them like hundreds of dollars to write out of their ass that are like the cadets leading this like culture war so um big Cadet, cadets uh, is gonna, the lowest gonna, one though that's or, okay the, the, the or, general. i'm not a military autist like either like like most of our listeners sorry <laughs> Um, I'm but sorry. we're on like to, I didn't mean to yeah, post. So yeah. anyways, to, to Stu found a great article written by Joanna Robinson, who apparently is the author of a, a book about the MCU and Hollywood. So maybe if we have a, a marvelous reading club, we'll, we'll read that rag. But she wrote, How long is the uh, book? Okay, I'll I, fucking I, read it. If, if, if one of you if one of you buys it, I'll fucking she, read it, dude. I'll fucking. Well, well, let me let's let me throw out the uh, Stu. If you want to read the excerpt you found, but um, the the oh, title oh, of I this, just, I just wanted. I just had a bit. <laughs> Hold on. Well, the title of this is Star Wars: The Last Jedi offers the harsh condemnation of mansplaining we need in 2017 <laughs> by Joanna Robinson. And here's to you, Joanna Robinson. You're a hack, and your opinions are gay. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. <laughs>
I'm not, why can't I find this MCU book anywhere? Did they? Oh it might just, not be quite I out yet. I just posted it in um, No, I know, but the link, internet. the link, like, okay, I found it. Yeah, okay, no, I'm not reading this book. It's thirty dollars. I, I skimmed an interview, and she came. She came out of writing a unauthorized behind the scenes look at the MCU, still liking the MCU and having favorite MCU movies, which basically proves that it's like worthless um, as a as yeah. a bit of analysis. It is. Jesus Christ, it's 500 pages. Yeah, but you know it's like <laughs> font 14, triple spaced, lots yeah, of pictures. I, I mean, this is the hardcover. This is Crayon. the hardcover. Like... <laughs> I don't. Right, I don't let's, know let's, how let's, many. I. I, I want yeah, Nicole. I, I even um, still. I want you to MCU do the quotes book for that's this, like as just... long as the. Okay, I'll. I'll read. I'll read the the. So, the so that I can interrupt you. you. It has three authors. What the fuck? All right. So Joanna wrote that Holdo, and she's referring to Laura Dern's character, is kind yet dismissive of Poe, only enrages him further. She urges him, for the safety of all concerned, to, quote, stick to your post and follow my orders, unquote. He doesn't. As a result, many rebels die. Speaking about her character's stylish yet firm leadership, Dern told Vanity Fair, Ryan is saying something that's been a true challenge in feminism. Are we going to lead and be who we are as women in our femininity? Or are we going to dress up in boys' clothes to do the boys' job? I think we're Man, waking that quote up to aged like mill. what we want feminism to look like. I I I will all know, I will all know no trash talking Laura Dern Laura Dern innocent. Uh one that, that quote aged like milk because they like like if 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 <laughs> the 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 boys' clothes part, it's like wow, like Oh, man. Uh, one might argue that if Holdo had filled in Poe on her plan to evade the First Order fleet long enough to get within range of an old base on Crate, Poe would have listened and fallen in line. But to borrow a phrase from Poe himself, this mission was a, quote, need to know, unquote. And as soon as a frustrated Holdo and Leia let Poe in on the plan, he blabs about it over the comms to Finn loud enough that Benicio Del Toro's DJ can hear and later sell them out. If Poe had just listened to Leia and Holder from the start, the Rebel fleet wouldn't have been quite so decimated by the end of the film. Poe does clearly learn his lesson by the final frames of The Last Jedi, and only then do his admiration for Holdo, his respect for Leia, and his realization of how much he doesn't know position him to finally become the leader these powerful women hoped he'd be. It's clever for Johnson to have put this story on the very likable Poe. Uh, both Leia and Holdo are careful to reassure audiences that they too like the guy. We expect dismissive sexism from the First Order. How many times do they refer to Rey as the girl? But to see it from a friendly face is even more instructive. Any female boss in 2017 or America still nursing the hangover of the 2016 presidential election could tell you that even nice guys often have troubling trouble taking orders from women. You, All right, I was fully expecting you gotta to respect wait, your you boss. Could. You gotta, you gotta respect your boss. You gotta be like, I love you, boss. I'll do what you tell me, boss. As long as your boss is a woman. If your boss is a man, uh, the, then you know they get the guillotine. But, but damn, if your boss is a big old pair of tits, you better show up fucking five minutes early for every shift. If if your boss is Dolly Parton ass knockers. Um, anyways, this message, women being rightfully largely right and men being mostly wrong, extends to most but not all aspects of The Last Jedi. 
Rose Tico was certainly right to insist that Finn stay and fight, and right again to save him when he attempts to needlessly sacrifice himself. Ray and Leia were right that Luke should join the resistance, but Luke still has some things to teach his young student. When they fight on the rainy cliffs of Act Two, is that how? Is that what the I, Act Act Two Acto? It's it's called Act Whatever, Two because it's where most life. of Act Two takes place. <laughs> <laughs> Over her desperate hope that she can save Ben Solo, Luke is correct in telling Ray that this might not go the way you think. And in the end, no matter how Poe and Finn may have stumbled, uh, or Holdo, Leia, Rose, and Ray may have triumphed, it's still Luke Skywalker who gets the film's big damn hero moment. She has to be so like snippy I, at the I, very I, end. No, he doesn't though. Yeah, no, of course. Luke's, no, he doesn't Luke Yes, he does. He, he forced, he I mean, like trans. I mean, he, like, he does like a heroic sacrifice, but it's like. Across the galaxy, that's pretty cool. Admittedly, Ray's big hero moment is just like lifting rocks. Lifting a bunch of rocks. But like, why is she making this like stupid ass dig at I, Luke Skywalker I, getting I, the I, big damn hero moment? It's like, yeah, one of the, the few interesting and meaningful things that happens in this movie. I would like to. And uh, you're just like. I would like to, um, sorry, uh, I would like to make an observation uh, here. Your life is nothing. You serve zero purpose. You should kill yourself now. Big damn hero moment is like a literal TV tropes phrase. And it comes from a line from an episode of Firefly. <laughs> so that's a Joss Whedon reference. Oh, oh yeah, no. it is. Wait, is Joanna, is Joanna uh, a TV tropes editor? Might explain a lot. I, I think he, probably just a TV tropes reader. We, we at some point we got to talk about how TV tropes and the whole like mentality behind it has been like really corrosive to media criticism and like writing. Because I think like Ryan Johnson also he's got like TV tropes brain, and that means he's always he's always thinking of like it, it leads people to look at movies and novels as just like. It's like assembled out of tropes, the way something's assembled out of Lego bricks and you can like have the trope or subvert the trope or, or, or lampshade the trope, but it's all tropes and other elements of story and structure get lost or subordinated to, to trope brain. And it's, it's like, I think kind of like, not that tropes aren't in some way kind of real to some extent, but it's also just like a, a really stupid way of thinking about art and media and a really creatively limiting one. Like this whole movie is lampshading and subverting things, but, but that still means you're defining your story by the tropes rather than just yeah. not doing them at all, rather than just doing something the fuck else. Yeah. Um, you're, you're <laughs> it's, it's needlessly like most, most people don't watch a movie and think of tropes because they're not like a, like a, a culture writer. And when you make a movie for a culture writer, you're like, you're, you're limiting your audience. Like for example, in the original star Wars film, they were done as documentaries and they were shot as like in universe documentaries of real battles, uh, sort of similar to like newsreel footage from world war two. And that doesn't sell. Like, I mean, it probably would have been amazing. It probably would have been great. No one would have like no one would have given a shit though. It, and yeah, no, this they, is the they, same you problem. Have gotten yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I didn't have... mean to. Sorry, I got off on a uh, a track there from the original point. Uh, yeah, no, you're fine. 
but um but I do think like literally like I think like you see a way and and I think this feeds into how insane the fandom stuff gets because people look at like a bit of fan fiction or whatever and they just they see uh, an assembly of tropes and the tropes are either good or bad and if it's got bad tropes it's bad writing and if it's got good tropes it's good writing um and people have a like like you see the way they yeah. talk about the stuff they want to read or, or consume or make and it's like and, and it's like they're talking about like what they want to order at mcdonald's it's like well i want this trope <laughs> and this trope and this trope and i want the this trope but without you know it's like i want the mcdouble without onions i want the enemies to lovers but without a problematic age gap it's like yeah, it's, I think that's it's why it's a consumerist was, way of, of thinking about this stuff. I think that's why the most uh, the the most popular piece of media to, to come out of directly out of the sequels is Raylo fan fiction that was yeah, which was so popular on like Wattpad or like fanfiction.net or something that um, it became a novel and was like optioned. Own. I think it was Wattpad. I don't think I don't think Archive of no, Our that sounds yeah, that sounds like a Wattpad ass yeah. thing. Archive of Our Own out isn't out here getting fucking because because those are the I mean, those Wattpad are the free too, those probably, are like the, the Archive like, of Our Own was like where like the, the Archive of Our Own has generally has by virtue better shit on there. Fanfiction.com is a Archive of Our Own is for the is old more, heads. Yeah. Wattpad is just trash for Wattpad like is, is the lowest lowest common denominator stuff. Oh, I'm not saying it's the worst. Archive of Our Own here. is like people who list their kinks in their bio. <laughs> that is true. That, well, yeah. well, since all right, well, since we're opening this can of worms now, hey guys, let's talk about shipping because uh, one of the the several major plots of this movie is the the fucking dynamic. So, so here's here's the Ray thing about Ren. shipping. So here's um, the thing about shipping. During the pandemic, uh, shipping costs exploded because of these kind of supply bottlenecks, and rates got really high and became really profitable. And this but the the sort of like we're I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because it it would get us into a whole fucking like rabbit hole deserving of its own like episode, but like um the 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 shipping wars that have come out of this new trilogy are insane um i'm speaking specifically about like the the fandom around raylo and the anti anti fandom around raylos which god i feel like such a dork even saying that term like it's 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 <laughs> it's such a bad term for it but um like highlights of sort of the like fallout of sort of Ryan Johnson forging a romantic sort of angle between Kylo he, Ren. And, he definitely and was like was, reading some of the stuff and and playing into he, it, or somebody it was, was. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing that is that story. The whole plot line for them is literally lifted from like dozens of fan fiction that was like made of them after the force awakens. I shit you not. Like people were using this like force bond thing, like before this last Jedi came out, like it was an established like trope within like new trilogy fan. And Nicole would know. I, I would know as the resident, uh, you see, I don't, I don't know any, most of my, most of my fan fiction was, was the lowest common denominator, uh, Wattpad well, era. 
Well, the thing the thing with shipping is how much like, how much Raylo fan fiction think, did you write? I I didn't write any, but thousands, if not like hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of fan fictions have been written about fucking Raylo. Um, but the discourse around it was if if not more insane than like the cultural general like fan polarization to this movie because there is like i shit you not someone like wrote a whole ass medium post comparing like Raylos to QAnon. yes uh, this, uh... and they, <laughs> they cited they cited a like tweet of like the official kylo ren marvel comment where a bunch of like Raylo fans just like tweeted baby boy a bunch as like grounds to compare them to QAnon people and the their argument is that Raylos were part of a grand QAnon level conspiracy to make their ship Endgame in the new trilogy I believe this um which is bad which is bad because um uh, according to the author Raylo is egregiously problematic because Kylo Ren is a fascist uh making Kylo uh, Ray's love interest can only be done at Finn's expense uh, because you got to like shift Finn's characterization and arc onto Kylo Ren is like a, you know, if I can, you know, if I could turn, heel turn moral person, uh, um, hold on. Well, I got one more, one more thing to point out and, and, and because uh, Ray Lowe throws theoretical black women under the bus with racism. Sure. Sure. I just have some stats for everybody. So a quick perusal of AO3. Um, number of works tagged Ray backslash Ben Solo um, lateral dash Kylo Ren or vertical dash Kylo Ren. 27,327. The longest of which is 1.8 uh, uh, million 60,000 words. Uh, that is so that's longer than longer, the Bible. That's it's literally longer that than is, the Bible. That is longer than that is three and a half times longer than the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that's longer than fucking Infinite Jest. That's longer than it. It's longer than any any door your grandma uses, like a door stopper. So the entire there's no. I, I good... will I will I will say there are some very talented fan fiction writers out About there. About half the length of the Malazan Book of the Fallen, which is ten books. <laughs> there's no good person in star Wars. they're all like like the the and the prequels like ex- make this explicit where the old republic is like a like a set a settler like colony like neoliberal state that persists off of like poverty conditions in the outer rim like all of Star Wars is about romancing fascism. Like the idea that Kylo Ren, in fact, Raylo is the most like faithful part of Star Wars because the white women of Star Wars love to like romance the sort of like borderline Nazi esque uh, white boys. Like this is this is probably the best part of the movie is the, the Raylo the least- stuff. The least problematic romantic pairing in Star Wars is Luke and Leia. Exactly. Yeah, no, the like even in the expanded universe, like Luke marries like 
Emperor Palpatine's personal Jedi assassin. I mean, like, these aren't good people. You're not supposed... You're the, the entire movie... The entire movie begins with a long time ago, a galaxy far, far away, which implies that, like, all of this has, is, is, is futile. All of this, this war is, is futile. It's happened in the past. There's no, it's, it's the fall of the Roman Empire. You know, there's no glory to be found here. These are just people, like, prolonging the decay of the state long enough to, uh, long enough to gain uh, personal satisfaction and personal gain from uh, sort of forcing their will onto large quantities of people that are, whether they live in the Republic, the Empire, the Old Republic, the New Republic, uh, any of it, they're, they're suffering. You know, it's like, it's not like Tatooine was any better in the prequels than it was in the original trilogy or, 10,000 years before that in the old Republic, you know, it always sucks to live on Tatooine because the government doesn't care about you. Yeah. The, the Republic blows, uh, it sucks. It's bad. Uh, the Jedi are kind of like weird, sexually repressed perverts. Full um, of sand, but no, that's not no. The reason why it's full of sand in the, in the, uh, the original Canon is because there was a, uh, a alien race initially that had a, a, a empire that spanned the entire galaxy and they would just strip mine planets for resources. And Tatooine was actually a, a sea planet and they stripped the entire, uh, the entire moisture out of the planet. That's why they have moisture farmers, uh, despite having like an, an earth like environment in its atmosphere. It doesn't, it, all of its moisture was, was artificially removed. I tell you, man, if they shipped all the fangirls for Last Jedi to Tatooine, they would not need moisture farmers. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because they would be folks. crying because the movies are bad. So, well, that's moisture. Tears are moisture. Um, yeah. You know, wearing their still suits. It would have been sticky. It would have been real imagine sticky. Imagine Dune, Dune but instead of the Fremen, you've, you've just got, like, women that, that just sleep to the idea of 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 two stormtroopers fucking oh, um i want to think about that Stu. <laughs> i'm gonna keep it 100 like um but here's here's the thing on that note i i want to ask you nicole or, or or either of you if you've got some insight here this is something i've like like have friends and yeah, stuff that are really invested way. in this stuff and i've never been able to quite get a really clear I've gotten some answers that may be really specific to those people. I've never gotten like a good, like general, like uh, a theory of this. So, so like, I understand like how the um, Disney like manipulates this stuff and revs it up and all these things, but like at core, why does it work? Why do people get that emotionally involved, whether as Raylos or aunties or, or guys that like re really need uh, uh, Luke Skywalker to be like, like, the uncomplicated main character hero still like whatever. Why, I, why are they well, this invested? Well, first of all, why do I'm they care right there this much? Because you're, you're talking about two very distinct and different subsets of fans. The first, you know, yeah, but they have, they like, have, I the, think there's a, not to be gender essential. Oh, sorry. Just to clarify, so they, they me. have the, um, the, 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 the excessive, like zealous, like, they like share, they're talking yes. about religion, like level of emotional investment. That's just the thing that's always sort right. of eluded me. No, you're, you're, you're right on that. That is very, that is the, the thing that unifies these like 
what I will say are very two distinct different factions of these fans. You know, the the fans who were angry about Luke Skywalker being an embittered old man were not necessarily or, or hardly the same fans who were like freaking out over like, oh my God, Ray Ray is gonna fuck Kylo Ren like happy or or whatever. Like those are two completely different factions of fans. Like, and I I don't want to gender essentialize, but I think like men and women engage with fandom very, very differently. Like women tend to be the ones that like produce a lot of like of like the fan fiction. You don't see like a straight guy sitting down and writing, well, well, they they do when they're like Star Wars fan films, but like the, the just, they make fan like films. Twenty seven thousand documents, fiction. like of fan fiction, you just like saw on like fan fiction. I none of those were written by straight men. Absolutely not. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The 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 thing I think that like made Kylo Ren and like Ray such like a sort of like spark is like it's for similar reasons. Like I touched upon when we discussed like the winter soldier and civil war regarding like, you know, Steve and Bucky. It's like, it, it features several like tropes that are just like, and situational characterization things that are just like catnip to like fanfic and like fandom people. Like, you know, the, the enemies to lovers trope right there, the, the whole force bond thing is just completely lifted from fan fiction. I think Ryan Johnson might've been reading several fan fiction when he wrote the story for the last Jedi. I'm not, I, I really wouldn't be shocked. You know, the, the fact that Adam driver is like hot, ugly guy and, and gets like a thousand times hotter as like Kylo Ren. I'm, I'm on record for saying he's hot as Kylo Ren. And I don't regret saying that, you know, I love it. You do love a, a grease, a, like a, a, a greasy. <laughs> I use the term greasy so my old man would have called the wonder bread wop you know he eats his sunday gravy out of a jar i'm gonna i'm gonna contradict nicole here i think that if you ask any star wars fan how they would make a star wars movie they have the idea fully formed in their head they can shoot it in they can shoot it right now if you ask me what my what star wars movie i would make i would be fucking sign i would i would be blowing your dms the fuck up with like a full page fucking script uh i would watch the, the shit out of that though. i think that fun fundamentally it's that I, I think nicole's right that 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 women and men were rooting for different things in the star wars films and i think that women won there is there is an another universe where women did not win and the, the war looks different over there well uh uh, like the, the, I the, think the last I, movie tried to like uh please everybody and that was part of why uh actually I think here. I think a better a better uh analogy other than the last movie is just all the felony shit. Like notice how quiet like right wing guys got, especially dudes, outside of the Gina Carano firing when they were just getting their like Mandalorian shooting shit up, fucking going on adventures with the boys. They shut the fuck up. They, they, they did, they, they like, they all like star Wars again. They were like, we, we did it. The woke mind virus has been defeated. And I think that those type of people, those, those, those idiots, if I may be Frank, yeah. uh, those idiots, uh, didn't, didn't realize that that was always the plan that like, 
Disney needed to get a new, you know, women weren't as much of a Star Wars fans as the men were. So they alienated them, or at least they perceived the alienation because they weren't being catered to. But it was always the, you know, it's not like they were, they weren't going to just like not make the Mandalorian. I think the plans changed. I think it was originally going to be a Boba Fett film directed by James Mangold, but there was always going to be something for them. You know, it's like, of course, they're going to still make like the, the dudes rock kind of Star Wars because they need money. You know, it's like, it's not. It's it's the profit motive. Like they needed well, I, they needed to have women have screaming orgasms in the theater, but then they also made like Rogue One and they put like a blind samurai in it or whatever because like a dumb guys on the internet think that that's the coolest thing ever. Well, they're they're trying. I think what they've done is they found better. Like like I think that they found that the playing to the antagonism to that. Girls rule, boys drool, brother and sister fighting over their toys, like that that idea because there's definitely like this idea you see over these these fandom conflicts where it's like, no, actually this franchise belongs to the 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 queers and the women in the POC. And no, it belongs to the straight guys. And it's like this idea that like you it, it needs to belong to anybody. It's like kind of ridiculous. This is our most right-wing episode ever. Um, they played to that, and then I think they blamed that for Last Jedi underperforming, and so they kind of course corrected to try and kind of more quietly please everybody. I ag- uh, I agree that there stuff. was a course yes. correction. I think yes. women but I do think like the Mandalorian, a, and they like Pedro. I think so. to a certain degree, it was always the plan. I think that I think that there was definitely a course correction after. <laughs> After The Last Jedi, and especially after Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah. Where they just were like, we're not doing Star Wars movies anymore. We're doing TV shows for four-year-olds. Um, and I think that was always the... I think that to a certain degree, that was always the plan. It's just the timetables changed. It's sort of like how currently with the MCU, you had like a, a brief, a brief like phase of like experimentation where we're currently at and i say experimentation in the loosest way possible where it's like okay uh you know the james gunn stuff is hot now you know guardians of the galaxy and one and two made a bunch of money so we'll get taika waititi we'll get chloe zhao we'll get uh we'll get all these people and there's and then they did that and they kept what stuck but they they scaled it back to a certain degree after like Thor Ragnarok and Ant Man because it's like is this shit just wasn't making as much money and there's sort of an idea of like get woke go broke in these uh, counter fandom circles but it's that's it, not they're they're sort of misunderstanding it it's like no that this was always the plan it's just that things are happening sort of at a slightly faster pace. I think also too, like the larger cultural context is Trump lost. There's a Democrat in the white house and a that lot of too. people. There's a Cheeto in the white house. No, he's out at the now. time of the last Jedi. Yeah. But at the time of the last Jedi, but now there's like a hairy, like, like a hairy old onion that's been sitting in the drawer for too long in the white house. <laughs> and you know, people don't like it, but they're basically fine with hey, it. Jack, where am I? You know, a lot of people that were like really wound up by Trump being around have, they, mm-hmm. they're calmer now and they're not as motivated by this stuff or they're like tired of it. And, and I like, it's true. Like all of that, the, the Trump era was even whatever, like, even if you were like agreed with all of it was fucking exhausting and tedious. 
It was and it so sucked. exhausting. And I think people are kind of realizing that a lot of people are burned out pretty quick on finding it motivating or engaging or meaningful. And you know what? That's a good segue into the next sort of thing we can touch upon. That was also sort of the, the, the fact that like, we have these movies to thank for like the hashtag, the resistance sort of like, no, that was already there. That's, yeah, but well, no, Force like, Awakens was they adopted the rest, and that's where I think people. Yeah, they adopted yeah. the iconography of like you know being a resist part of the resistance, which like Stu, you've already more than cogently brought up your like issues with the whole resistance versus the Rebel Alliance thing in the Force Awakens episode. But like the, the I I can't be emphasized enough like how much I think the success of this movie. And just the the both sides of the reactions to it are so intertwined with, you know, A, the Trump years, and B, this was released December 2017. So this is like less than two months after the Weinstein allegations broke and, you know, the very beginnings of Me Too. Hence why you get, you know, like something like that Vanity Fair article which is like these things don't completely come out of nowhere it's there's always like a real issue that people are like just reaching like mrs incredible beyond in order to like you know make a a product seem more meaningful than it really is which this is like case in point um so i don't i don't know do we have any more like do we have any thoughts on just like how like similar to the forest awakens just like 2017 Trump years, 2016 election pilled this movie is. Well, I I really think that a lot of the, the like ham fisted uh, half ass liberal feminist stuff in this movie is just a a reaction to like Hillary Clinton lost because bros are too toxic to let a woman be president. I mean that, and and that unfortunately in, informed like a whole like micro generation of quote unquote feminist filmmaking, which you know there a couple of ones were like good, but a lot of them were very bad and shallow, and really just came down to being like, don't yell at your female boss. Um, Cole, what was what was your your take, or are you just gonna talk about George Lucas being cool again? Uh, George Lucas is fucking sick, dude. So did we, um, I think we kind of got sidetracked, but did we want to read that, that weird medium piece about how Raylo is queuing on just, um, I can read an excerpt from it. So like, you just know sort of what we're dealing yeah, with. Yeah. The level of like, and, and I, I, and I, like you said, like this was pretty widely, it's a medium piece. We said it was pretty widely read. Like it was, it was, and it was widely panned by people. Like I found this through a Mary Sue article like initially i was going to read a mary sue article but like this was too insane to like pass up and not give you know the most passing mention you know they actually um they actually renamed the mary sue to uh ray skywalker.com well here's here's the 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 funny thing is this this medium post also like name checks kaylee donaldson who who we uh uh well well eared Listeners will remember we we read from in the Mummy, My Mummy and Me article. She wrote that really weirdly timed article on the Mummy that we read. Um, 
but she like name checks her and like a uh, like you know this 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 bitch is being a complicit white woman kind of way which is insane um but here here let me let me let me read I, oh i highlighted all right quote uh go back to the beginning back to that twitter thread of replies and people writing baby over and over on an official post about kylo ren because and hold on miguel can you add like edit that and i'm gonna start over again miguel and and edit in like serious like music to like make this sound like really serious even though it's the dumbest shit you've ever heard all right go back to the beginning Back to that Twitter thread of replies of people writing baby over and over on an official post about Kylo Ren. Because what has been covered so far doesn't address how one gets to point C, baby boy, from point A, Raylo. It doesn't address why there is a need for so many people to post the same thing over and over. After sharing this thread with a friend who specializes in conspiracy theories, he replied, oh, so this is like their version of Q sent me. Looking back and forth between between the two, the replies of Baby Boy over and over and replies of Q, while disconnected and dissimilar, is a pattern. Both include members that subscribe to a conspiracy theory, Raylo and QAnon, and both are engaging in behavior of roll-calling a tweet to indicate their membership of said theory. For Raylo's, the call is to comment on how Kylo Ren is like a baby, while for QAnon's, the call is to invoke Q in some form. And while the comparison between the two may seem a bit extreme, after all, QAnon has been identified as a domestic terrorist threat, while Raylo is perceived as a fun fictional pairing, feedback from other Star Wars fans suggests that while the group is not as extreme and violent as QAnon, negative effects are still being felt across the fandom. Stitch, a graduate student and professional writer that focuses on representation in media, publishes a regular series in their blog uh, called What Fandom Racism Looks Like. Within the series, they talk about the impact of race on a variety of pop culture topics, all the way from K-pop to Star Wars. Aside, but that is a really, that's that's such a wide-reaching swath of, of media analysis right there, just like K-pop to Star Wars. If 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 Raylos did January six, I would be their Ashley Babbitt. I would be yeah, no, that I would be, right, so I would be, be taking every fucking shot from the cops. I would be like, fucking, let's go, okay. white women. And We're then, gonna get AOC. If, then, if, if they if so, they don't so this, this shoot dish- an entirely new version of Rise of Skywalker, where where Ray and Kylo Ren like fucking get married, we will kill the president. That would be okay. I well, would be and then there. This person like. I would be bring, stand yeah, this, by, this person stand brings up ready. the so Stitch just does this this Stitch person does talk about like that there is in fact like racism in, in nerd spaces and yes, like you know, as we'll touch upon probably with like the whole Kelly Tron thing and the fact like John Boyega has some like choice words for how Finn got screwed over in this new trilogy. Like, yeah, there was a fucking racist backlash to you know this new trilogy and it sucked and a lot of you know there's gonna be racism in a lot of fan places you know and that that fucking sucks too but then this person um i'm gonna just dive right back right back into it and all this leads to the question and miguel make sure you're playing the the series music again and all of this leads to the question what does racism towards fans have to do with raylo 
And the answer leads right back to baby boy Kylo Ren. Stitch writes extensively about the racism that is employed in order to make the Raylo narrative work in canon. In order to make Kylo Ren redeemable, he needs to be victimized. And in order to make him a victim, he is reinterpreted from mainstream representations, not as a villain or an antagonist, but as a boy who was abused and manipulated from birth that can only escape the prison of toxic masculinity with the help of Rey and her subversion of gender stereotype. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hence, baby boy. Uh, and then they're like, the, "This, that's here's the problem. That character is this. His his name is Finn, and he's gonna get sidelined." Which is like, yeah, true. Um, all right, I'm gonna skip a couple paragraphs. Yeah, yeah, keep the, it to the highlights. Uh, to the to the highlights. Um, while most perceive of the group uh, Raylos uh, or shipping as a fun, harmless engagement limited to the imaginary fictional world. The behaviors of group members occur in reality. The effects of their group behavior are felt by real people, particularly abuse survivors, particularly black women. And people are starting, are reporting in disturbingly high numbers that they are feeling pushed out of the Star Wars fandom. Raylo is a conspiracy theory that is highly invested in becoming legitimate, and all avenues towards legitimacy are open season. Whether through amassing more members, creating more think pieces and fanfics, or flooding Twitter posts with baby boy comments. Raylo, by any means necessary. <laughs> the- Raylo is a conspiracy theory because its members are desperate for their theories to become legitimate. That that's not how a conspiracy theory works, but okay, the, Queen. The Raylos have seized control of Metal Gear. Wait, here's here's the big here's your big mic drop moment, ready? The twilight of Raylo is fast approaching. Oh, you know, you know, she like Raylo wrote that, that sentence and she like took a lap around her room. It's like fan fiction writers in a bunker killing themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Downfall, the- but it's all fan. My I cannot live died. in a world without national Raylowism. <laughs> 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 wait, wait, okay, wait, all right. The twilight of Raylo is fast approaching, and with the importance of Endgame being placed on the final film, no one knows how members will react to the outcome of The Rise of Skywalker, let alone to the outcome of the conspiracy theory of Raylo. Will Raylo members be vindicated and lauded for their subversive visionaries, for the subversive visionaries they are? Or will they or the film remain elusive, still stubbornly reliant on members' interpretations? Will it be a mass reply to official tweets seeing baby boy over and over? Or will the most insidious effects be felt by the remaining fans who are black women, abuse survivors, and those with PTSD? What Star Wars? <laughs> who, who, who are being harmed Star Wars by fans. fan fiction they can very easily just like not read, I guess. Apparently Star Wars fans are just getting the fuck <laughs> beaten out of them, dude. <laughs> I uh, I swear to God, there might have been like I think there was like like one of those like and then everybody clapped ass like Tumblr posts where someone was like I outed I said I was a Raylo and a bunch of people beat me up from the gender bus. So here's here's something I find kind of interesting about all this, Uh, and this is something I had like I have some friends who were really invested in this stuff at the time. uh, Wrote a lot of fanfics and uh, other than the Raylo conspiracy. 
uh, and stuff. Um, and I don't want to pick on them, but like I like I never could quite wrap my head around it. Um, but something I mean, I, you should. They're clearly part of a conspiracy. No, no, no. So something I really actually noticed is there, there, there was a lot of um, like uh, esoteric uh, hermeneutics with this stuff. A lot of like interpreting these tiny minutiae. You made that word. Uh, no, they're real words. It, it, interpreting these tiny like fucking Herman Canudics. What the <laughs> fuck is that? Esoteric hermeneutics. <laughs> Explain. Herman Canudics. I'm ex- I am explaining. They're, they're, they're going through um, these movies with a fine-tooth comb, taking all these decisions that are just like, especially in The Force Awakens, just like decisions made based on like what would be entertaining or just like corporate marketing-driven decisions, and trying to like in- interpret a kind of prophecy out of them over what all this stuff meant, over what was all going, over what the master plan was, how it all come together. And... um. Uh, uh, and what, and what I f- it noticed with all of these and all these competing, like not just interpretations of a movie, but attempts to prognosticate where the series would go at the time when there was only one or two movies was a sense I got. And this is just a sense that they anticipated that the people working on these movies would read this stuff and respond to it. And that they could like hyperstition the end result of this franchise into being. And in so turn, it's wishful thinking. Yeah. Well, not quite. <laughs> but but the, no, I'm just messing with you. But in turn, that the reason part of these why these conflicts got so intense was be, this belief that like whoever won the fandom war would actually determine through their influence what the final movies would look like, and not you know like the marketing departments looking at cross tabs oh. of the ninety percent of people that don't pay attention to this shit. Um, and therefore, once the actual movie came out, it would shape how people think. And therefore, it was like an important fight to have. Because if the Raylos win, all the little girls will go and see this movie and be exposed to toxic relationship dynamics and go and marry abusive yeah. men, maybe. This this yeah. just kind of finally clicked for yeah, me right no, now. No, you're dead ass. Um, no, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's that's literally it. You know? It's, it's, it's for like us. It's like the same subset of like too cute like like half like soft boy whatever's who you know like have watched every single episode of like steven universe and like cry if something makes them like slightly uncomfortable it's like that it's like that is like comprised of like the anti-fandom at least according to like people who ship raylos where like from their perspective, like people who ship that are literally enabling well, the, the and, weaponized like, vulnerability goes yeah. both ways. Cause there was also like problematic ships or how I process my sexual trauma, which you know is fine. There's nothing wrong with it's, that, but it's also just like everybody argues yeah. everything via like I'm pro I'm traumatized and vulnerable and you're not allowed to criticize anything I like or do. Um, and it's right. This is our most right wing episode. But, I mean, like obviously our position is very much like, you know, uh, who cares if things are problematic? Life's problematic. <laughs> That's gay. You should kill yourself now. But it's just arguing from arguing like that whole framework of argument is just stupid. Even if you're on the right side. Marvel, Marvel is death. The official podcast of the fandom menace. Shut up, bitch. Yo, can we call this episode the fandom menace? Nicole, that's literally the name of the right-wing counter-fandom of Star Wars. Oh. Are you serious? It's like their Gamergate, yes. 
Oh. They that look was, what they've stolen from us. I, I had a nice little, like, brilliant shower moment. That was the right joke there. that I was making. Okay. You know what we didn't really touch upon as much as, like, how we feeling about, like, because the, the, you know, moving away from the, the shipping shit. The other thing that made people, like, mad, or at least the, the general bigger subset of, like, Star Wars male nerds mad was you know luke skywalker's whole like being a ba- basically they gave him the logan treatment yeah yeah pretty kinda, much but not not, obvi- not as good um i mean i that's for me at least the thing that kind of like the one somewhat saving it's, it's one of the best of movie ideas like, and, yeah. and somewhat well executed ones the movie has like the stuff with luke ray and kylo ren isn't like perfect but it's like the most conceptually sound and interesting yeah and if like that was just mainly the movie if that was the movie and the itself. other shit wasn't a a, a mess uh it, it, it would be a much better movie there doesn't need to be two separate b plots there doesn't that's why you should read legacy of the force by karen travis which just does this movie but better yeah i mean like there's there's not much to be said about that plot line that hasn't been said already like i i think mark hamill is is pretty good in the role i mean you guys didn't like the part where he like milks those disgusting like no i i was fine with that milk, that was that was I, mainly just i cool. love I that. that i love that i like it being weird um he can do whatever he wants uh, i except for i know mark hamill's like doing voiceovers for like ukrainian bombs or something oh yeah he, like, he's doing the starship troopers yeah. would you like to know more videos for the war in Troopers right now <laughs> like he's like it's you kind of got to give like a pass to like that generation of guys like they, they're just like they're gonna be like hashtag ukraine well i mean if, if you're just like a normal liberal and you like get your news yeah. from like M- msnbc and facebook and like your friends and the new york times and like your friends who get their news from the same place then like yeah. that war does look like hitler invading poland um and it's not like and it's to a be fair, good I mean, it's not like, war and putin is a good no. guy or anything but it's just like it's it's more complicated than than that <laughs> yeah no i mean i mean it, it's not it's it, there's nothing wrong with like strongly disliking the Russian government at all. I mean, it's I think that's a normal position to have, especially especially. But like being, but like there's there's a role that the United States has in escal in creating the conditions for and escalating this conflict that needs to be recognized and addressed. I think you need to be cynical about the interests of the American government in this conflict and wary of the things that they want to do to, uh, on paper, win it. Cause I, I don't think they're necessarily in the best interests of Ukrainians or Americans or Russians as peoples. Um, no, yeah. Really no, anybody. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it, all imperialism is bad. Russian imperialism is bad. Like, United States imperialism is bad. A fucking uh, white people, all all of it. There's no, there's no way you can influence a state and be uh, keep yourself entirely morally correct 100 percent of the time because you're going to act in your own self interest. Um. All right. Well, I guess the last thing I think worth touching upon. Would be like, yeah. Let's let's talk about the Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah, let's briefly touch on because that that really did suck. Um, 
Uh, so Kelly Marie Tran uh, plays Rose. Uh, this was her like first like big on like the cur- there's like a curse to Star Wars kind, and this like even goes back to like you know the original trilogy where like you know it, it, but I think it especially hit like you know Kelly Marie Tran bad. Um, but she like infamously basically got run off of social media by just a bunch of uh, what was that fan the the fandom menace people I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, but which, which sucks because, you know, as like marginal and bad as that B plot is, I, I do think she's very like good and charismatic. Well, I mean, even like, if, you know, even if she's she was good for this, I think she's too even, good for even this Even if movie. she fucking sucked, like you, 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 well, I mean, it's like what happened to, uh, Jake Lloyd, right? Yeah. Like, Jake yeah. Lloyd's not yeah. good in the fandom, man, but who fucking cares? But he's like, also a child. One of the most important things in this particular character is that he is a wonderfully nice boy. Uh, and then there's this very intuitive kind of gut feel you get about that's the one. With Jake, I just got that feeling. Movies aren't, you know, being a good or bad actor in a movie isn't very important to like, you know, it's yeah, not a thing that a you need to suffer family. severe consequences for. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, so Kelly Marie Tran, um, after she got like run off of social media, she like broke her silence with the op-ed in New York Times. Um, I just want to read a little bit of it because she did. Um, she she raises some like this is saying like we goof and we we're very cynical on this podcast, but she does read some like raise very salient points. Um, that like this this is a movie that like was not worth any of the discourse or the drama that arose from it. Um, so she said, uh, it wasn't their words. It's that I started to believe them. Their words seemed to confirm what growing up as a woman and a person of color already taught me that I belonged in margins and spaces valid only as a minor character in the lives in their lives and stories. Those words awakened something deep inside me, a feeling that I had grown out of the same feeling I had when I was nine. I stopped speaking Vietnamese altogether because I was tired of hearing the kids mock me. Or at 17, when at dinner with my white boyfriend and his family, I ordered a meal in perfect English to the surprise of the waitress, who exclaimed, wow, it's so cute that you have an exchange student. Their words reinforced a narrative I had heard my whole life, that I was other, that I didn't belong, that I wasn't good enough simply because I wasn't like them. And that feeling I realize now was and is shame, a shame for the things that made me different, a shame for the culture from which I came. And to me, the most disappointing thing was that I felt it at all because the same society that taught some people they were heroes saviors inheritors of a manifest destiny ideal taught me i existed only in the background of their stories doing their nails diagnosing their illnesses supporting their love interests and perhaps more damaging waiting for them to rescue me and for a long time i believed them um i i would encourage i'd also encourage people to like read that op-ed um i i think it's very well written for one and you know we're uh, we're we're on record for supporting the underdogs and people who have been like unfairly maligned, like you know. So you know, God bless Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran. Star Wars is probably the worst thing that happened to her. And uh, John Boyega was also like very on record for feeling like very similarly maligned by the Star Star, like not just the fandom, but Star Wars and like the official sort of machine in general. Um, like he said, like he he ba- he he was very vocal about how he felt his 
side side he felt like sidelined specifically in this movie. So well, you, it really looked like he was, you know, I imagine going in at some version of the movie or maybe what they sold him on was like you're you're going to be like the hero or one of the main heroes and then like they they never really do anything with him and yeah. a lot of it is just kind of like kind of incoherently using his like self-interest to just kind of like make him a comic relief character. Um, and it's like, again, like, again, like they, 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 that was like uh, the first movie's two interesting ideas were like Kylo Ren as this like guy who, who is like, wants to be Darth Vader, but can't do it. And yeah. sucks at it. And like, what if a stormtrooper fucking broke the conditioning and had hot blood running through his veins and and um <laughs> became a dude and they just fuck it up and keep and keep fucking it up. Um and and I mean you know, the only reasons they fucked it up is because if you're gonna make more Star Wars movies in this environment as a big Disney IP, you can't not fuck it up because you can't make anything that you can't make the exact same thing, but you can't make something sufficiently different. So you end up with something that's kind of nothing and nowhere and has no uh, substance. Um, yeah. So, so here was, here was how John, he, he spoke to like GQ in like September, 2020. Um, he said, uh, and I quote, you get yourself involved in projects and you're not necessarily going to like everything. But what I would say to Disney is do not bring out a black character, market them as much more important in the franchise than they are, and then have them pushed to the side. It's not good. I'll say it straight up. And yeah, he's, that's I mean, exactly he, what happened. I think in Rise of Skywalker, he he has like barely more screen time than than 90-year-old Billy D. Williams doing his, this, we keep shoving these old guys into these movies, having them do shit. Old guys shouldn't be doing. I don't mean old guy, like 55. I mean, ancient people who it's like, (laughs) Hey, like some of our listeners are old. Shout out to Jim. Hi Jim. Shout out to Jim. Hi Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We do have at least one old listener. He's not old. He's not old. He's young at heart. That is true. But that's also why we should take his license away because he's fucking old. He's too damn old. You not shouldn't be able to fly planes anymore. You're too fucking old. Well, no, well, that's no. You're wrong there because Harrison Ford loves nothing more than crashing jets. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna crash his like airplane into like a McDonald's at some point, like a like a like Luke. I feel like with Luke, like there is a little bit of dignity, and it's like he is an old man in this, and there's a little bit of dignity in how they treat that, like. His whole lightsaber fight is like a hologram, force hologram ruse, which is not a, a half bad idea. And not to be like literally old people can't do anything, whatever, but there's like, I just find it really undignified and kind of like weirdly like reflective of like cultural stagnancy and this kind of perpetual um, arrested development uh, to, to just bring these characters and these actors back and like not really acknowledge that they're 90 fucking years old. And let and let their characters be appropriate to their age and their like what they do and how they behave and their role in the story and let them change. Like, why is I complain about this in the first one? Why is Han Solo still the same guy, age seventy five? Um, like that doesn't make any fucking sense. People change as they age, shit. Um, and that's like if you're gonna have a series or anything, keep going. If you're gonna bring it back, 
like leaning into that is the like one interesting thing you can do. It's like, well, you know, like the one like really great franchise revival is like Twin Peaks The Return, and that's what it did. 25 years have passed and you're feeling it every minute of every episode. Um, and, and don't forget, but, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Evangelion, guess, uh, but you haven't watched them. I kind of got sidetracked yeah. there, but uh, honestly, I feel like God, like just all these guys on like, like just we're always like paying attention to the worst, dumbest guys, not like politicians and people who like whatever they do matters, but just, just, just always like some compulsive desire to seek out just the dumbest opinion someone has, the worst opinion, the thing that will just provoke your anger, your outrage. And then because everyone pays attention to it, it seems bigger than it is. And then we become like immersed in and surrounded by and magnified by it. And all we're doing is just swan diving into cesspools over and over and over again for no fucking reason. And it's, and, it, and it's like something that I feel like is built into the way social media works and something we need to like really self-consciously like stop fucking doing, like stop, stop finding a guy with 50 followers who says something like insanely stupid, unless it's like really funny, you know, funny is different. But other than that, like stop fucking finding that shit and retweeting it and writing think pieces about it. You know, like if you're fucking have like, and I'm not trying to like victim blame or whatever. Which was the style at the time. But like fucking turn off your goddamn notifications. You don't ever need to actually see or respond to this shit. Mute is the best feature on Twitter. You mute, you don't have to see, it don't exist. You, if you go into your notifications, you can make it, you can make it so you only get notifications from people you follow. Like do that. Like I've said shit on Twitter and had a million people like frothing in rage and been totally oblivious to it until like a week later when, when, because I never noticed or responded to it, it all died down and went away. It's like, it never happened. And, and we can do that. Like you, you can do that and everybody needs to learn how to do that and not just for themselves, but for each other, like to stop shoving the shit that makes us mad into the face of everyone else to make them mad. It, it's distorting our perception of reality. No more um, think pieces, 2023, no more think pieces, 2023. I guess does anyone have any lasting Thoughts, because I'm I'm kind of done talking about the Last Jedi. Like I I, I feel like if we like I, I feel like after you Let's said that, watch I, I don't want to give yeah I don't want to give like any more energy to this like all we're the we're the just, apes at the beginning of 2001 horse, a Space Odyssey. Like, it's bones <laughs> now. Like you're just hitting you're just like kicking bones around at this point. We're the eight. We're literally the apes at the beginning of 2000, 2001 a Space Odyssey. Um, yeah. Let's do you want to. Let's let's do or watch something else. Um, unless any, I mean, unless anyone has any pressing thoughts on on bringing back uh, Yoda puppet. No. Okay. All right. Well, I got as 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 far as my watch something else. Um, there is literally no better option I can give you than Evangelion three point oh. You cannot redo like it is. Not only is it the like S tier reboot series. Um, and it's also the respective entry that like actually meaningfully subverts expectations and shakes up what the existing like adapted IP has done in a completely different direction. Um, but it is like it also is like the movie that 
film Twitter people who staunchly defend The Last Jedi and some of who, who are are our listeners. And I am sorry, but I am calling you guys out on this. You would your your energy would be much better spent defending that movie with the same energy you use to defend The Last Jedi as a misunderstood polarizing masterpiece. Like you're you're literally actually describing just what like 3.0 does. That and 3.0 does the whole like withholding information thing and like not telling a character what's going on thing a billion times better that like because it has like meaning and adds to the atmosphere. Um so that I watched um I watched just a Italian movie called Mondo Khan uh Dog World um that's basically like a better version of what like Finn and Rose's B plot trip to the casino planet is supposed to be going for in terms of like class criticism. Um, so if you got a canopy subscription from your like local library or your like school or whatever, you can watch it for free on there. Um, recommend that. Uh, and I also am going to recommend uh, the masters of time because that's a French animated sci-fi movie about, talking to a seven-year-old over a walkie-talkie across the galaxy, and it looks cool. Uh, And uh, what's, what's the, it's, it's from the guy who directed um, uh, Fantastic Planet. So uh, another, another official um, Marvelous Watch Something Else recommendation. So there you go. Three, three movies, one of which is like, literally the movie everyone should be like, foaming at the mouth defending uh Stu. uh i think i already brought this up for the last one because again it's like science fantasy with a strong strong female characters and if not subversion of tropes at least a, a more critical look at the conventions of just kill all just fight and kill the bad guys and blow up their big machine stuff and that's uh, nausicaa the valley of the wind particularly actually i want to say read the manga um but I, I feel like I keep coming up with the same recommendations because like these movies all just keep pulling from the same kind of increasingly shallow uh, cultural pool. So I think from now on, I might just pick a random movie I watched semi-recently that I liked and think maybe that the audience hasn't watched, regardless of its thematic resonance with whatever we're talking about. Because otherwise, we'll just keep saying yeah, you're just gonna like, keep saying- RoboCop over and over and over well, again. Well, that's always whatever. implicit. In, um, like That's always unspoken that whatever yeah. we watch, we're always recommending RoboCop off the top of the dome. But like you just like every other episode now, you've just been like watching Barbarella because you just want to like fuck Jane Fonda and Zero Gravity. I don't I didn't even like that movie that much. I just thought it was like a better kind of campy romp. Um, Actually, no, it's because you wanted to be the gay guy with wings in Barbarella. <laughs> wait, um, wait, wait, wait. What's this Duran Duran? You wanted to be Duran Duran. I wanted to be Duran Duran. Yeah, I, I wanted yeah, to be Yeah, like, you want gay ass little wings. No, that's not Duran Duran. That's the angel shit. guy. Yeah. yeah, that's the angel. No, that's, that's not what I'm Duran. No, about. Duran Duran's the bad guy. Duran Duran's the one that puts Barbarella oh, in the... Okay. Orgasm and the machine. and the thing that I'm going to be used to when they catch me for cultural Marxist thought crimes. Yeah, um, but no, I'm I'm going to cool. s- a propos of basically nothing. I'm just going to say watch Cemetery Man. That movie rocks. That movie yeah, we. Oh man, that's when we get to finally doing another watch something. Like else, why? Why are bonus. we should do we should do it on Cemetery women Man because re- not enough people. You know, like watch that movie. The 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 fan fiction is always about stuff that is like. very like it seems to be often about stuff that's very chaste in the actual text itself 
You ever notice that with fan fiction? A lot of the times it's like the stuff that provokes a lot of it is stuff that the actual material is, is not very sexual or explicit. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, what if, if you're, if you're, yeah, a, if you're a depraved Fujoshi yeah. and you, and you like kind of like weird, problematic, messy guys. Oh my like, God. Rupert Graves in that movie Rupert is so fucking. He killed Rupert, Rupert Graves. <laughs> I, I know. I'm sorry. I was thinking Rupert. Uh, Rupert Everett. I'm so sorry if you were listening to this. I, and I, I'm, I know you're gay, but like, I will. That movie opens on a bare ass shot of him. Like his first on screen appearance in, in, in Cemetery Man is just. If if you're like a degenerate, depraved woman, there's so much to love in this movie. He's smoking. He's a gun. Uh, oh original, my God. great original Italian title too. It's an Italian horror film, um, Delamort Delamore, or it's Delamore probably. It's, it's also based on a comic too. Oh fuck it! I think it is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah um, that movie fucking rocks. That movie just that kicks so ass good. and. If you if you want to get passionate about and argue about and interpret a movie, that's that, that gives you so much more to work with there. Plus full frontal nudity and, and you see his dick. And, you see his dick. And morbid necrotic romance. There's so much there for to love. Great, great and, movie. And and goth curly. Yeah. <laughs> and like shitty Italian Colombo. God, there's that movie is so good. So that movie's so fucking good. <laughs> Um, damn all right Cole. what's well i i, I already know okay I so just, just for, 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 for formality i guess colombo is italian I, I think about it uh so yeah no i i i think that uh really the best way to uh to experience something new in star wars is to uh experience what dumb guys in like 1978 uh tried to do with the concept of sci-fi fantasy so i'm gonna recommend uh star crash it's an italian uh sci-fi film uh very heavily based on the original star wars film i believe it's on amazon prime uh if not honestly you could probably find it on youtube was, was was that a mystery science theater episode? I believe there is a mystery science theater episode about it. It's got um, a two point three a letterbox. How could this be? It's 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 very it's very fun. It's like a it's it's a short little fun fun. You romp. gave it a two and a half. <laughs> yeah, but I think I also said that I enjoyed it. It's got some great you didn't model work. It at all. You didn't you oh. didn't review it at all. Um, that's the same. Um, uh, same director as Italian Godzilla, which I've I've always meant to. Oh watch. my god! This no, and and holy shit! I just watched a movie by this guy, the unofficial like sequel to Suspiria that has the audacity to call itself an adaptation of Edgar Allan Poe's The Black Cat. I literally just watched that this week. And then I'm also okay. going to recommend a read. Luigi Cozy, that's a Dago last name. Fragile. It must be Italian. Yes, we know. Which is, uh, which is, I, I'm going to recommend uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye uh, by Alan Dean Foster, which is a, it, which was the original Star Wars sequel. Uh, when before they before Empire Strikes Back was ever ever greenlit, uh, someone uh, Alan Dean Foster who had worked with. Uh, 
with George Lucas on the novelization of Star Wars, decided to write his own sequel to Star Wars. And something that's really interesting about it is it's before the the sci-fi fantasy formula was really set in stone. So it's got like magic in it and like fucking like they go to like a like a weird like like a medieval planet and it's 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 completely tonally inco incompatible with Star Wars, but it's really fun. Alan Alan Dean Foster has written like every novelization of a, a tie-in novelization of a genre movie since like 1975. Yeah. And his Star Wars novels he, are great, honestly. Actually, I, I've actually read his crawl and alien novelizations out of like sheer boredom when I was in like middle school. <laughs> I just found yeah, them. Yeah, like, no, I out. like his I like his stuff. Uh yeah, solid writer. I can see why they but I mean yeah. I I just realized I've read the crawl novelization and the comic book. <laughs> they were they were laying around my grandparents' house. I think they must have belonged to my aunt my aunt. Yeah, he has another another novel called The Approaching Storm, which is set during the prequel era, and that's pretty cool too. Uh yeah, no, I think that's a, that's that's pretty much it. Um so I guess so well we I think we're, oh, we're getting we, to the point now we, in our did we think what? our uh our our our, I, our shout I was out just our... about to okay. I was just about well well now we're we're at twenty one patrons, so I think like naming them all at this point would be a bit of a mouthful because you do this is a good chance to you, you got a credits page up. So if you also become our patron, you get your your name up on a nice geosities. Site? I haven't looked at the site, but you made a credit page. Geocities. Geocities? Yes. Geocities? Geocities? Why would it be called Geocities? (laughs) (laughs) Good night. Good night, everyone. I I put a website up on Anglefire. Good night, everyone. Uh, thank you to our, our newest patrons for the month of May. Lohick, The Beak, Flygene, and Commieman420. Um, well, you can't... Cole, don't say goodnight because we also got to plug your, your latest uh, reading of Max Landis's unmade Pepe Le Pew script. Wait, what? Oh, that's, uh, oh yeah. We, I guess I guess yeah, you can plug, plug that. that one yeah. I guess you can plug that. I don't it's, know. I, I, it's I, really I don't funny. like to... Sh- I don't... I, I, it, 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 I had a great time with that. Yeah, if you uh, you listen to TGFE, you can you said find me roasty over there. And it, it it fucked me up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, they're 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 great guys over there. Love hanging out with them. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, any anyways, I think that's that's about it for this clusterfuck of an episode where we I think it's a good episode anything in the movie no, itself I, but no that's that, that's the thing the, yeah well that's probably the best thing these are done. the best episodes when we we talk about or what's around the movie because honestly like just nitpicking how a mediocre movie is mediocre like we're, we just end up saying the same shit every time now we, we're, yeah. we're past that we're evolving marvelous the next generation yeah well before okay before we sign off I have one one thing I really want to do Blows a kiss to heaven. That is for you, Carrie Fisher. We miss you. Good night, everybody. There's like some freak fanboy that just had a hands-free orgasm because of that. (laughs) Why did you have to ruin it? I mean, you could end the episode on that. You don't have to end the episode on that. You can cut that. I'm just saying. There's there's a a gooner that like... (laughs) 
that is like right, well, plugging that into the surround sound right now. All right. Uh, to all of our beloved fans and, and generous patron supporters, the episode's over. Stop jerking off. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. They all kind of like sang through their noses and and um. That's the biggest trap people fall into in these kinds of movies is they just they go too far. This is our most right wing episode ever. I've done it a little more extremely than I've ever done in the past. Your life is nothing. You serve zero purpose. You should kill yourself now. I may have gone too far in a few places. <laughs> the episode's over. Stop jerking up.